to the Bromax podcast. It's been a while. We're sorry, but we're back. What's the important thing? My name is Jesse. My name is Joel. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We come back to you from the virtual spaces. So I'm not sure how the sound editing works, but should sound seamless, like should sound like a normal episode for you guys. If it doesn't, we'll blame Zoom. But yeah, we'll we'll blame Zoom because, you know, it took me about five minutes to get this set up and whatnot so we're not gonna blame zoom we're gonna blame my sister's school camp where half of them got covid and so it would be unsafe for joel to enter my house so we're doing the same thing i don't know man i don't know it's changed since we were (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) social social distancing you know yes still it's it's never too old you know i know you know Put some, it wouldn't be the 21st century podcast episode without a virtual recorded episode here and there. Absolutely. So and, <laughs> you know, we've done the virtual before. I can promise this time Joel was a lot closer to his microphone. So we're going to, we're going to have, yeah. gonna have some crisp audio today. We promise. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Joel, what, what is our, what is our topic today? Our topic today. Now I had a little bit of trouble with this. So I had to message you and then I was like, okay, thank gosh I was on the right track. God help me if I was on the wrong track. I had five minutes left till we were recording, but anyway. <laughs> where else we, where, where would you listen to the show? Like, what, are you, what are you planning about? <laughs> um, so today's topic is top 10 most hateable heroes, which I'm going to quote you on this, Jesse, what you said to me. You said, I said, is most hateable heroes just limited to heroes or movie characters? And you said, just heroes, like main three characters, people you're supposed to be rooting for, but you absolutely do not like or just cannot yeah. relate. People, to the film wants you to get behind because they're the protagonists and you just, it's not, it's not doing it for you. That That's the thing. And it's a bit hard because I like people. So I can't like. This was <laughs> quite an easy, this is quite an easy list. I will admit. <laughs> Of course, it was for you. <laughs> you you like the you you're you're more you're more real when it comes to yes or no. I, I, like I just went, I just thought of my least favorite actors, and then <gasps> put, got some of their crap films in, and it was yeah. Like but that. I have <laughs> got some much loved films in here that I yeah. We'll see. We'll see how I how come on the other side. <laughs> Very interesting. I took a very different approach to that. I took at films that I didn't like and thought, does that come down to the main character? Turns out a lot of them did. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't like you. Um, but then there was a couple in there as well that I do like the film and their character journey. But while we're with them on the journey, I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish we could just get to the end already. Yeah. So going to be lots of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, who wants to kick us off? I'm happy to go. You can kick us off. Perfect. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Let's do All it. Right. My number 10 is from a film that is frequently mentioned on our podcasts on a lot of my worst lists. 
the movie is Minions, and the hateable protagonist is King Bob. Oh, <gasps> you didn't go there. Take King that Bob back. Is <laughs> such a dickhead. <laughs> like he he constantly gaslights people with his cute over-the-top charm googly eyes like it's very very like manipulative in my opinion um and he somehow like i kind of buffoons his way into becoming the king and we just watched the coronation you know how serious that is he does this random ass speech no one has any idea what he's saying and then he just goes king bob everyone's like way like I'm, this, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> King Bob is one of the most egotistical characters in all of animation, and I'm apparently the only one who recognizes this, and I don't appreciate the love that he gets. So, my number ten is King Bob, played by um, Pierre Coffin, who was also the director of the film. So, uh, shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh my gosh, I can't believe you kicked us off with that. That is. <laughs> King Bob. <laughs> I remember, I think we were on our way to a school excursion one time, it was a couple of years ago, and I was in a King Bob mood. I don't know why. So I just popped the clip on for you and you were giving me the most, Joel, turn this crap off look the whole time. And I kept rewinding it and you were like, Joel. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what to say to that. That's just, this is some disrespect for King Bob here. He's uh-uh. <laughs> not my guy. He's not my guy. Oh dear. Well, I know I hate to seem like the. No, I'm, I'm pivoting to a film that I quite like, but I'm I'm um actually not a fan of the protagonist or the way they were written. Um, I'm talking about Happy Death Day, and the main character of Teresa oh, Tree Goldman. I didn't think of that, but that's a really good that's a really good choice. I don't like the yeah. movie. Yeah, oh, I, I don't. I don't like that movie, and I don't like the protagonist either. So. <laughs> That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll try and speak for the both of us here. Yeah. Um, so played by Jessica Roth, Teresa Tree Geldman is living college life, but she's essentially like you're not meant to like her. At least it's at the start, she's you know having an affair with one of her professors. She's just a bit of a female dog. Um, you know, she's, <laughs> well, well, that's how they're, how they're portraying her, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of picking up what they're putting down here. And the other characters throw around some not so nice words to her in the film as well, which I will never repeat. And she's just, she just seems like she's just, how do I describe this? She's been written so that she's living basically her best worst life in a sense. Like she's got no sense of direction, no sense of stability, no sense of anything. And then we're supposed to watch that guide us a film, guide us through a film, which is repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And it just kind of, it doesn't feel like a great driving force forward when you're trying to connect with this character and learn about them. And they're just a sloppy mess for a lot of the film because they've got no drive or motivation or really anything. She's just like, oh yeah, I want to survive. You know, and then she survives and she should have learned something in the first couple and she's still doing something. She's still doing something wrong. And I'm like, ah, oh, like I'm loving the time travel stuff. This is great. But your behaviour is pretty atrocious, I must say. <laughs> well, that's very well said. I did not think of that much more fleshed out response than my kick bob slander. So 
Kudos to you. Thank you, Jesse. So my number 10 is Happy Death Day. All right. My number nine is a, is a big, is a big character. It's a big, so okay. you're going to have to hold on. Now, okay. this is, so this character was also in a book and it's now a movie. And I think that the character, whilst I, the character isn't likable in the book either, I think it's like, I think the character is more unlikable in the movie. So like it was already unlikable, but then I got to prove them. I'm talking about Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. Stop. Jesse, what kind of list are you running today, mate? Jeez. This now, is, okay, I tell I'm, me more. I, I am a big fan of Harry Potter. But if you I love Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. So the one I've got on my list for reference is Half by Prince. Um, okay. If I had to rank my top 100 Harry Potter characters, I don't think I'd, Harry would be in them. He is wow. such a whinger. <laughs> He complains about everything. Ron, Ron and Hermione are always he's he's like the Sheldon Cooper of the friend group. Everyone yeah. else puts their needs puts his needs above their own because he's like the chosen one. You know, he's like, oh no, I'm gonna say I'm gonna get all the Horcruxes by myself, Ron and Hermione. You don't have to come with me. I'm gonna do it because I'm sick. And Ron and like, Harry. You can't do it by yourself. We want to help you because we love you. And he's like, nah, but I don't want to put you in danger. Like, like he's so his pride is like through the roof. And I just think, man, I just think that in terms of I think he's overloved, which is why I put him on my list. I think he's actually one of the more irritating characters of the franchise. Interesting. I've never thought of it. Like Harry Potter's always been something that I've thought of in a, as in an ensemble thing. You know, you got the three of them, and then the Weasleys are connected to that. Yeah. But when you kind of think about it, I might rewatch a couple of those with that in mind, or just just think about it. And and yeah, you, yeah. you do make es- especially in six when he uh, has no connection to Jenny whatsoever, and is just uh, like riding his wave from seeing writing his like wave from that like report in the daily prophet where he saw, saw Voldemort like and then you know it's like g- g- you if you want to like the way to protect people is it to like make yourself popular by doing an article it's still like you know focus on the DA meetings which he was doing but then he's like actually I'm gonna do this like cool interviews like it's not all about you, man. <laughs> Just... No, very true. It might be his. I, I feel, I think that Ron is an underappreciated character because he is like, compared to Harry, he's like, made to look like an idiot pretty much. And I was like, how would you feel if you were Ron? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be hard. It, it will be very, very hard to be Harry Potter's best friend. I'll just put it that way. For, for what seven books and eight films and how many years yeah. that'd be across years hey like at least at a minimum with the main story yeah so yeah, that's just... my number nine is harry potter oh jesse we're only up to the ninth entry and we're already showing well, far into the shots come, here. Come, with, come with the shots come on, come on i'm feeling a bit like you today in terms of some opinions that you have my yeah. number nine Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang from Suicide Squad. I didn't think he was. I, I ruled him out because I didn't think he was like that much of a like main character. But hundred percent, Captain Boomerang is <laughs> the worst superhero character that's ever been written. The best part <laughs> I realized. <laughs> the best part of his involvement in the film is the comedic relief, but that means that he's not a character. 
so yeah. you don't get to see him grow or do anything. Yeah, he's just there. The usually, film. usually, yeah, like wait till the end of the film to decide what my score is going to be. But as soon as James Gunn killed Captain Boomerang, I was like, five stars. That's it. I don't need to watch <laughs> any more of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn, you are the best. <laughs> At least we've gotten rid of that guy, says Jesse. No, that's yeah, good. Get it that's out good. Also known as the killer of franchises, because there's something like the worst. Divergent, the worst, like diehard film. Um, the worst Terminator. Terminator, that's right. The killer of and, and the worst movie. Suicide Squad as well. Oh, I've, well, he's in all the Suicide Squads, but yeah, yeah, yeah also yeah. mean he's in the worst one. So that's right. But that's yeah, <laughs> Joe Corner, look, someone's he, he needs some support, and it's is not coming. Aussie? It's not coming I'm from not the just, podcast. <laughs> I'm not delusional. He is Aussie, isn't he? No. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting confused now. Yeah, he's Aussie. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I just want to see him do something good, but I think, yeah, he's for, for Suicide Squad. He lifted it because he was the first one. He was so funny, but still, you don't get anything from his character. And the best part of his f- interaction in the film was with El Diablo, and he's like, "Oh, what's that crap on your face? Yeah. Does it work?" Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. Um uh written superhero characters played by actors from the Oceania region um Carl Evans friend of, friend of, friend of the podcast Carl Evans Billy Boy, yes. boys a friend of the podcast yeah his of character course. is very well written it's not unlike Captain Boomerang I just wanted to mention that Carl Evans was a friend of the podcast just... yes <laughs> yes um I had the very pleasure of meeting Carl Urban at Comic-Con when I went away f- up to the Gold Coast in and the Bromax we shirt. Did a photo together in the Bromax merch he's a supporter of the show friend of yeah. the show we love him. <laughs> so if you see Phil Ragnarok coming up on all of our lists for the next foreseeable future you can do it <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> all right so yes uh, number nine is Suicide Squad Captain Boomerang played by Jai Courtney all right, my number eight will probably offend Joel as it's from a movie that I hate and he loves. Here we go. This... I'm ready. Okay. Sorry? I'm ready for this. Okay. It is played by Melissa Barrera. It is Sam Carpenter from the new Scream films. <laughs> no, Jesse, why? She's got good development, I thought. They're playing she with really... Really boring. She is completely outshined by every other character around her, and yet she is getting all the attention because she is somehow related to Billy in some like whack reason. And when you say like he had an affair, very self-centered. Life. Like she's like, oh, general take it. Oh, I'm protecting you, protecting you, protecting you, protecting you. And then she's like sleeping with a stranger that she like never really talks to, like the hot guy from Scream Six. Like she is so like she contradicts herself all the time. She whatever That's she tells me, I'll take it not to do. She does, and honestly, the way she was like stabbing those people at the end of Scream Six, like she's got some killer instincts. She she is like actually a murderer, and like I don't think she's very heroic personally because she just stoops to the level of the the villains in my opinion. That's where true. characters like uh, what's the name Tara. And Mason Gooding's Chad are very much more heroic and uplifting and easier to emphasize with. So that's why my number eight is Sam Carpenter from this, the newer Scream films. You know what, Jesse? I am not completely offended because you did highlight some issues. And I remember sitting there in Scream 6 going, why are you yelling at Tara when 
you know, she's basically yeah. not been in your her life for all of her life or since she was very young. And now you've come back and start dictating like you're her mother. Like, give her a break. Yeah. Any, anyone who yells at my birthday bestie is going on this list. So, oh, you've heard it from Jesse, General Ortega, friend of the show, potentially maybe one day. <laughs> friend of the show, General Ortega. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, right, fair enough. Up? My number eight is a f- redeeming myself from putting this film on. I put this film on Jesse, the best female directed. <laughs> put Eternals. <laughs> it's Richard Madden. Oh, good Icarus. one. That's, oh, you know what? I forgot about it, but that would probably be maybe be on my list because that's a real. He is the second worst superhero character <laughs> after Captain Boomerang. It's it's Icarus. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this character is infuriating. But more than that, just taking a step back from that, he has no personality. He is a robotic is Sebastian Stan. I'm sorry, but he's Wait, a robotic... why is he compared to Sebastian Stan? I don't know if people say they look similar. Sebastian Stan's way hotter than Richard Madden. Well, that's what I thought. It's not even a contest. <laughs> Discount uh, Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Discount Sebastian Stan, absolutely. <laughs> oh, so basically he's one of the main kind of hoo-hahs in the Eternals, you know, we don't need to talk about that. One of the 17, was there 17 Eternals? Is that how many there were? Was it 17? Uh, minimum 15, I think. <laughs> You'll be right, right there with the numbers. There's there, so Jesse. many Eternals. So many Eternals. And Richard Madden plays the Superman-esque character of the team with the perfect jawline, but no personality, not even a cape. He doesn't have a cape. That's atrocious. And, um... The problem with him is he's set up with Cersei, who is... Which is ridiculous, because, like, you, you look, have the personality like that, and Jenna, Gemma Chan wants to bang you for 5,000 years. Like, come on. Like... <laughs> I, that's right. I forgot about that. You're on the rocks. Yeah, anyway, that's all coming back. <laughs> Just, look, spoilers. There's an alert that comes out that he's, you know, not a great guy. But still, for the part of the film we're watching him, we could have done a bit more to make him likable. I, I don't know oh, what Richard sure. is like as a person, but he could have done something with his performance to, to lift it or if it's the writing or I don't know what it was. He's just not. He's supposed to be really cool. And I was actually going into Eternals going, yes, we're getting really powerful person. He looks cool, like the suit and the you know he looks like a superman kind of figure that you really want to get behind and then you get to the film and it's really underwhelming and you're just like oh don't like you and then when he turns later on in the film he just does stupid things he he flies into the sun because that's what his name is like oh that's that's dumb (laughs) he's just not someone you can get behind and i know that could have been part of the way that the film's been designed as well but still if you're going to do a reveal like that, you want the audience to get behind him. And don't think I was behind him from the moment he stepped on screen, actually. So, yeah, that uh, is my number eight, Richard Madden as Icarus from The Eternals. Look, mate, fair enough. My number seven, now, it it pains me to put this man on my list because I am, all in all, a fan of Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. Hmm, where's this going? There was a film in 2020 that Adam Sandler made because he said if i don't get nominated for uncut gems i will make the worst movie ever and i didn't think the movie was terrible i thought it was all right but hubie dubois 
in Hubie Halloween is one of the most infuriating characters I have ever seen in a movie. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with this movie? You've seen this movie, Joel? Hubie Halloween? Hubie Halloween. I haven't seen it, but I've heard you talking about it a couple so of times. He talks, in, you elaborate. <laughs> he talks in the dumbest accent. I can't I can't do it. I can't do the accent. It's like can we get a like, sound? Can we sneak it in when we do editing? Look, I'll have I'll think about it. I you know, I don't love editing, but I'll think about it. But <laughs> what does he talk? He talks like hmm. He talks like like Forrest Gump, but like with this with a speech impediment. Like, but he's putting the voice on. And <laughs> like it's just it's and he does it the entire movie. <laughs> it's really, really bad. And it just completely takes you out of the film as soon as you hear it. Like, and at the at like halfway through it, I was like, it was like bad enough that it was like kind of funny. But like even like Ray Liotta and Steve Buscemi, like they were in this film, like they wanted a new jacuzzi or something. They can't save this. Like, it's a it's a really average film. It's like I kind of wish it was bad because then I would be more enthusiastic to talk about it. But it's just really really average. Apart from. The Adam Sandler Hubie Halloween voice, which is just dreadful. So that voice alone is gets him easily on my list. Ooh. So yeah, my number seven is Hubie Dubois. It, it sounds like that's the kind of voice that once you hear it, just continues to bounce around your brain and you just never forget what that sounds like, the voice. It's just continuing. That's right, man. That's right. Oh, man. Now, this film, the next one on my list, my number seven, is Corey Cunningham from Halloween Ends. I would like to further elaborate my trashing on this character. Is he the, okay, is, he's not the protagonist, though. He's the. He's not the hero. He's, no, he's, he's kind of painted to be the hero. They kind of want you to um to 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 really to really connect with him and, and because you get a whole bunch of backstory from him. Right? I don't know. Are you don't know, Jesse? He's. I don't know. I'm a gonna... lot of the film is is he he's he's made to be the protagonist. He's kind of like I hate to do this, but he's kind of like the Thanos of the Halloween franchise. <laughs> he he it's like how Infinity War made Thanos the kind of protagonist. Corey Cunningham is is the somewhat protagonist because then. He still ends up facing off with Michael Myers at the end, where Michael Myers just, you know, takes him out. Sure. But he's just so, like, probably comes down to the writing as well. But his place in the franchise is too late, I think. Could have come in maybe during Kills. That would have been pretty awesome. Coming in in Ends, we needed more of a focus on Jamie Lee. Some people are already divided after Kills. And to kick it off with Corey Cunningham is just, like, oh, and then he's he's just such a weak character. He's like, like he's meant to be the nerdy kid and he gets bullied by a bunch of school kids, even though he's out of school. Like he's, <laughs> and he gets chucked off a bridge and then all this sort of stuff. And, he, and he's just, he's such a weak, and I don't know if it was Rowan Campbell or if it was the way he was written, but he's a weak character doesn't make sense with the whole evil's transferable thing because it's not supposed to be a supernatural franchise Halloween, so it doesn't doesn't work for me there. And he's just it just it just ruined ends for me, unfortunately. So yeah, I just um 
hateable hero because I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that because I think that he was painted to be the the protagonist in a way or one of the protagonists in this film because Jamie Lee definitely took a a backseat on this one. Right. Well, I'm I'm happy you're standing by it now, but if Joel forgets to do the poll this week, we'll know why. So. <laughs> All right, that moving on to my number seven, we uh, sorry, six, six, right? Yep, yep, six. We have a performance by none other than Mr. Leonardo DiCaprio. Whoa, it's okay. one of my favorite actors. And this film is still, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good film. And I think that it it's kind, it's kind of the point. Okay. It's, it's it 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 is it is kind of a point for this for this kind of you know um so this character to be like kind of hated but my so my number six is from the wolf of wall street it is jordan belfort Belfort. have you seen the wolf of wall street no i haven't i'm kind of waiting to Feel like I'm mature enough to watch this film. I think I am now. I just need to find a special occasion to to watch this film. Okay, sure. So basically, he's this millionaire, um, massive ego, huge sigma male, like Patrick Bateman wannabe. He's just doing coke, like having sex with hookers, like drinking, like he's just. And but the thing is, we're supposed to be at the start at least kind of envious of this lifestyle, which obviously it goes into his decline, which is which is what it needs to do. But I feel like there are like so many, like so many of my mates, like from um high school, I feel Joel knows who I'm maybe referring to, like thinks this guy is like awesome. Like this is like this is like how you want to live, you know. And I was like, this this guy is so unlikable, he treats Margaret Robbie like crap. He treats his friends like crap. He's only care about the money. And for three hours, that's why I don't love Wolf for All, which is a lot of other Scorsese movies. It's just for three hours of dealing with this guy is a bit is a little bit much for me. So it's a great performance from Leah. That's why it's a bit lower down, but it's really, really aggravating as the protagonist. So the Wolf okay. of Wall Street is my number six. Fair enough. I'm I'm keen. I wanna would like to watch this film maybe with you one day, Jesse. You can and kind of guide me. I, I've already seen it twice. I don't think I can watch it again. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Alrighty. So my number six is Dr. Michael Morbius from Morbius. One of the worst. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Heroes, anti-heroes I've ever seen in my life. Straight out of but every Not archetype. as bad as Captain Boomerang. <laughs> not as bad as Captain. Oh, I mean, he's a bit higher on this list. Than no, not Boomerang. as bad as Captain Boomerang. <laughs> to disagree on that one um I just I don't think Leto gives him any personality and he doesn't do anything special but I hate saying because I'm looking at my review for the film I've said Jared Leto is at his best here (laughs) what (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking last year but anyway like like Fight Club like American Soccer like that was bad club (laughs) That was before I had seen. Oh, also, did you see him in the freaking cat costume with the Met Gala? That was so funny. That was so funny. Like, but notice, uh, way more funny that more. See, Morbius would have been better if you took out Morbius and you put in the cat from Jared's cat costume. Yeah, yeah, make him a Sibira origin. I want to see this, and he's just so 
quiet and he doesn't really want to be heroic, I don't think. He's just, look, he wants to save in the world of medicine or whatever. Then he's doing a whole bunch of like questionable things. So it's like, is he a hero? I don't know. He's meant to be anti-hero or whatever. But he's the main character of the film. So he's still a hero in in some sort of regard because he's facing off with Matt Smith, who is an antagonist. And so it's kind of like, okay, you know, so it's just... It's just really ho hum, to, to put it to put it plainly. So my number six is Morbius. Fair enough, mate. Well, that is the bottom half of our list going. We'll be right back with the top half of our list, and we're back with my number five, Ooh. which is, you know, Joel. Just to add, out of interest, what are your thoughts on Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller. Yeah. A bit of an up and down patch. I liked him in Night at the Museum and I liked him in Walter Mitty okay. but then also I'm like uh, like I, nothing at the top of my head is coming to me that I didn't like him in but there was a time where I was like oh I think he's aging poorly in terms of his comedy like his comedy is uh, so I'm curious to see which entry you've picked to put on this list all right well I'm going to suggest a film that is over 20 years old um, it is his performance as Derek Zoolander in the movie Zoolander. So <laughs> Derek Zoolander is possibly the dumbest character in any film ever. And it's supposed to be played for laughs. But here's the thing. It's not funny. He's just an idiot. <laughs> is that meant to be what the humour is though? Because it's not funny, but it's funny. No, like... just, it's just, I was smacking my forehead so many times. I couldn't see the film, you know, so. Oh, just... no. <laughs> There's a scene where he wants to build a, a home for dumb people. And that's not me using a derogatory term. That is just what he called it. And so they built him a prototype. And he's like, wait, how are the kids going to fit in the school? It's so small. <laughs> that's about like the base level of all the rest of the jokes. It's 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 just awful. I think this is one of the most overrated comedies of all time. I think it's absolutely dreadful. Owen Wilson brings some life to it. But from that, you're just wanting it to end. And that's a good portion of that is due to Ben Stiller's abysmal performance and direction. He also directed this as a as Derek Zoolander. So oh. not my not my type of guy. Sounds like a bit of a dry one, Jesse. He's like a good a director, of- you know, like Walter Mitty and Tropic Thunder are freaking awesome movies, but yeah. sometimes so yes. Oh dear. Oh, dear. My number five. Oh Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is breaking some angles and not making omelets with them. He's just cracking them. All right. My number five is another 2022 film. This film has gotten worse since I've first seen it. I'm talking about now, Jesse. Don't hate me for this, okay. but Hank the Dog, played by Michael Sarah from Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Oh, I haven't seen not- Sarah's fault. It's the writing of Hank. Okay, because nothing ever is Michael Sarah's fault. Like, no, uh, no. Nothing, nothing ever. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Michael Sarah, it's not his fault that he was there. He just wanted a job during COVID times, I'm sure. Hank the dog is the most unheroic hero I've ever seen in my life. He is a hero to cats, which doesn't work because I would want to make a film about cats learning to be heroes to themselves. But anyway, 
not a big dog having to come and be heroes for them. Um, but also he's not meant to, like, he doesn't, the way it's conveyed is very like, bam, bam, bam. We're going to tell, 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 not show. So it's like, you're going to become a great hero. And it's like, okay, show one workout montage and he's, he's ready to go. <laughs> good enough and then there's this whole added other element of it being like what's that term meta where you know they're fighting they're having fights and michael sarah's character is fighting ricky gervais and ricky gervais cuts a hole on the cinema screen and and they jump out into a cinema and whatever i'm thinking this is just dog crap i'm sorry but it's just (laughs) and I think what what Sarah does with the voice is good. Like he conveys the awkwardness and and you know the the lack of courage that he has quite well. But as a hero, it doesn't it doesn't work. You need someone who even who who grows into that, who grows into that at the end of the film. He does, but it's still like he's such a like you, you don't see him as a kind of hero character. Even yeah. like, like when you look like okay. And then he's kind of like all of a sudden he's good. And it's like, well, we've spent 93 minutes, which the film even says. The film's like, we have to make sure we run at 93 minutes. It's like, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> I think that the real tragedy is that this this BT animated film has got so far under your skin. <laughs> Whereas, <sighs> so I think there's I think in that regard, this film has achieved quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. I think, I yeah. think you and this. I don't think that any other person cares as much about this movie as you do. Oh, I, it just. Mm. I think it's, this is the, like the third list you've shoehorned this movie on. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep going. I got one more to do. I think right. one more. In- oh dear, that's well, my number what five? Yeah, number five. All right, my number four. Now, there, there is, there is one man. That I have mentioned as being uh, uh, not a, not my favorite person. I'm, I'm sure like, not my favorite actor. I'm sure he has a lovely person. Um, but and when it comes to acting, I cannot stand ninety five percent of Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> and this is his worst movie and his worst role, directed by Adam McKay. It is Anchorman: Colin, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and my character is. Ron Burgundy. So, <laughs> Ron Burgundy is a uh, newsreader. He's a terrible newsreader. He's a g- goof, an idiot. He got the job because um, he has like a cult following, I think. It's a hard to follow. He gets so offended that he has to, his co anchor is going to be a woman, that he has these childlike tantrums all the time and then after that they like he just like, disgusted by this woman and then they end up like sleeping together and then they fall in love it's r- ridiculous the only redeeming quality of this film is um some of paul rudd and steve carell's stick as his friends is is uh moderately funny but honestly mm-hmm. this is just uh cringe joke after cringe joke after offensive joke after crude joke and none of them are funny this whole, the whole thing of this movie is funny. It has no other genre and it's not funny. Therefore, it fails abysmally. 
Wolfarel is so annoying. All these good things keep happening to him for no good reason. He is a terrible person. Ron Bergen is a terrible person. And he gets all this. Jesse, what about his, his episode? I haven't seen the film, but the quote's been flogged to death. He's kind of a big deal. Is that not is that not is that not a good bit of fun, fun humor there where he's like, I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's just so oh, it's a bit like King Bob, you know, it's like everyone's like, <laughs> He's such a nice guy. No, he's not. He's a maniac. Don't support him. So yeah, Ron Burgundy is my number four. Wow, that was that was good fun. I'm I'm keen to watch that movie one day now. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay, now this is probably the last remnant of my previous list, which I was working on. I had to cut a few out because I yeah. these characters aren't exactly a main character, but they kind of are. But they're just kind of there, and they kind of annoy me, and I just kind of wanted to put it in. Jar Jar Binks. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, he's a bit too, too obvious, a, honest, but sure, I understand. Yeah. He's he's too much of a, a liability for the Phantom Menace because it's already a middling film and there are some great elements in there. And then he's there and it's just like, okay, you're there. Great. Just stay there. Don't say anything. Mr. Jar Jar Binks. Okay. Just please be quiet. You know, and then Liam Neeson's losing his crap with him. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson's losing his crap. It's like, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, stay on the ship. And then he goes off the ship. And then they're swimming underwater and Jar Jar Binks is there. And then Jar Jar Binks is following them. Piss off, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really don't I just, like you. I just want to make, yeah, this is just a great example of the fact that George Lucas is a, is a, is a, is a terrible director. He is a... <laughs> He is good with story. He is good with like ideas, bringing these worlds together. But man, he cannot write dialogue. Man, he cannot he cannot connect one scene to another scene. The only reason Revenge of the Sith is good is because of the nostalgia and the cool fights. It's not even yeah. I I admit it's not a great movie, but I just love it. You know? Yeah, it's 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 one that you just personally continue just to love. watch. Phantom Menace is a, a a very, very poor film. And mm-hmm. is an icing on the cake, so I think it's a great choice. I got some great dialogue here while you're pulling that up. We've got, I'm not even, I'm just going to say this, how they've written it here and how the subtitles have presumably written it. How wooed, but it's like W-U-U-D-E. <laughs> this is all <laughs> Jar Jar. What in the speaking? Something's wronger here. How's the use of creating life? There are more scenes between Liam Neeson and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> And Liam Neeson and his freaking Jedi apprentice. Oh, he takes up much of this movie. It's he's not. He's meant to be like. Um, can't want to make this comparison. He's meant to be like the Grogu from Mandalorian or the cute thing that's there, but he's not cute or nice or anything. He's not just funny. He's not funny. He's not, no. <laughs> No, I'll laugh at him, but it's because it's so bad and it's not yeah. good. So, yes, my number five, I think, four, four. My number four. Well, Judge of Binks from Phantom it's Menace. It's funny that your number four is from Star Wars because my number three is also from Star Wars. Here we go. Now, I want to, this person has appeared in uh, four, no, sorry, more than that. I liked this character in the sequel. Oh, this is going to be shot. I Oh no! I know where you're going with. This. I like the I character in the sequels, but it, 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 I struggled to can really, really struggle with this character in the originals. It is 
played by Mr. Mark Hamill. It is a Luke I knew Skywalker. It. Come on, Jesse. Luke Skywalker is one of the greatest Luke Skywalker characters. whines and moans and complains and cries and yells. He is a child. He is Leia is his twin sister and so much more mature than him. It's literally just Han and Leia having like Han and Leia like are so fed. You can tell they're just so fed up with Luke. They're like, we just want to have a nice time and we have to freaking babysit you. What because you're like the freaking chosen one. It's like, Harry to- it's like Harry That's Potter syndrome again. It's legit. It's Harry Potter syndrome again. Yeah. He, is, he is the only reason he is the protagonist is because he has this power that no one else has. No one would, like, choose him to be, which I get is kind of the point, but there's a reason why no one would choose him, because he's because he's a liability in terms of morale and emotional support and keeping the spirits up. He just complains and goes, no! I don't think he, like, smiles until he gets his, like, Medal of Valor or he's kissing his own sister. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, he's great in The Last Jedi. Like, Ryan Johnson, turn that around. He is so good great. in that movie. I hope you know that's a hot take, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. But he is he is a painful character in the originals. And I, I love the, like, at least the first two originals. They're the first two of great movies. But 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 he, he's hamming it up. One of the most scenery-chewing performances <laughs> is Mark Hamill. As, and I like Mark Hamill. He seems like a good dude. But, like, I've got to be honest. Luke Skywalker's in my jam. <laughs> I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can, I can see. I, feel, I feel like Luke Skywalker is the sort of character that you, Jesse, would not be able to tolerate as a friend. Like that's um, where you. <laughs> I, I don't think it's why Han is like my favorite character in Star Wars because I'm like I understand man. I, like I get it. Yeah. You yeah. have that mutual. <laughs> oh dear, that's a very hot take. I'm I'm keen to see how that lands your vote in the. That, that's my last like ridiculous take. My next two are pretty like you know. Okay. okay. Interesting. All right. My number three is Russell Brand as E. B. The Easter. Oh Bunny. come on! Come on! No! 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 Hop is a freaking good No! 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 Not hop. No. But slop. I'm sorry. No, you're just saying because you hate the movie. Yeah, but the character's stupid. Who is that? He's a perfectly reasonable character. He wants to get out of his father's shadow as the East Bunny. He doesn't want to. He wants to be drunk. That's so like normal. That's. Oh, that's it's fine. It's fine. Why rock star? Couldn't it do something like a delivery man? Or something that's somewhat similar to. So you the... would watch it if he was a delivery man. Well, that'd be like Post and Pat, maybe. <laughs> no, that's interesting. It's an interesting career. It's like it's like Whiplash, you know. It's like. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not comparing this to Whiplash. Or... Sorry, when did you watch Whiplash, Joel? Is that why you? <laughs> no, I just I did? watched the trailer watched and some analysis scenes, and I'm like, and you know. And I've been told it's like Kate Blanchett's tar a little bit. So I'm like, okay. You know what else is better than tar? Hop. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You need to stop there, Jesse. Look. Hop's great. I, no, you need to stop hop. Um, slopping on a hop because it's top. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this film, Jesse? 
What's your rating? Like a 65. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. I like to watch it. It's really fun. Like, it's right. yeah, it's a bit like cheesy, but who cares? It's that an movie. It's rated G. This is like about the best you're going to get. <laughs> oh man this is mm. <laughs> Jeez, I, just, I think my my problem with the film is that you know these concepts of you know the easter bunny and, and santa they're all supposed to be like timeless beings but then they're like the easter bunny's teenage son wants to be a rock and roll drummer or, why is that so ridiculous <laughs> it's, it's nowhere near as ridiculous as a minion becoming the king of the england <laughs> Pop is so oh. much better than Minions. It's not even oh. No, 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 Jesse. No, no, no. Leave, leave, leave. Um, I would give Minions, Minions like a three out of a hundred. Like, <laughs> oh, geez. I think we're very controversial opinions about these yeah. films. Um, but yeah, I don't think. Oh, look, Russell Brand. I don't have a problem with him lending the voice. It's just that because he's voicing the character, I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, my number three is EB. The Easter Bunny from Hop. How many animated characters have been in your list so far? Does that interest? Does Jar Jar Binks count? Yeah. yeah. One, two, three. Okay, three for now, but we got one more. So. Oh yeah. All right. Well, my I, I I'm pretty sure I really hope my number one's on your list. So I think that's going to be on your list, maybe. My number two is now Vin Diesel. All right. <laughs> he makes entertaining films. He does. He voices fun characters. <clears throat> but one time <clears throat> where I'd probably watched a Fast and Furious film when I like when they were good when I thought they were good films when I was 12. And was came ac- I came across this film called Triple X Colon Return of Xander Cage. And I know of this film because the character in question them. is of course Xander Cage. Now <laughs> Oh dear. Okay. Oh no. Hold on your ads, everybody. If you're between the ages of eight to twelve, you'll love this movie. <laughs> it's like an MA movie. No, it's M. It's M. Oh, okay. Xander okay. Cage has no personality. Xander Cage cannot deliver lines. Xander Cage <laughs> goes to Europe, beds like nine women, and then that cut to the next morning, him wearing a silk, a monk robe, mink robe, saying, The things I do for my country. <laughs> like, he is the most one useless character. Like, he's like, How would I describe him? Kind of like Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious, but he doesn't have like the support. It's like if Hobbs and Shaw had Vin Diesel in it instead of The Rock. This is how it's like, it's worse than Hobbs and Shaw. I'll give you that. It's worse than Hobbs and Shaw. That's how bad this movie is. Oh, no. <laughs> Don, Don, even Donnie Yen is terrible in this movie. Um, It's just it's mediocre action scene after mediocre action scene. He survives a plane crash at the end, but he oh, is so unlikable and you literally don't care if he lives or dies. It's just the, the Vin Diesel gun show all the way through. He does like some BMX stunts because he thinks he's like 25. Like I'm not for you. You're too old for this, man. Just, just be Groot. Just be Dom Toretto. Just carry those into retirement. Don't give me this and blood, bloodshot and whatever other freaking action movies you're doing. Just, just stop, <laughs> please. You're not a very likable person, which makes your characters easy not to be likable either. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. You know, that's my that's my number two. 
Xander Cage in Triple X colon Return of Xander Cage. I, this is the third movie. I didn't watch the first two. I just skipped to this one and that sucks. Probably a good call, Jesse. At least you kind of know the way that that franchise works now, so you don't have to revisit it. Yeah. Anytime soon. All right. Okay. Number two. My number two. <laughs> one of my least favorite movies ever. <laughs> Played by T.J. Miller. I'm talking about Gene Meh. <laughs> How about the animated? Stop with the animated movie. Oh, my God. This is like your I'm sorry, directorial debut list all over again. You're like eight. Oh, jeez. Well, I, I've i realised that with my film opinions... You're just, you're just hating the movie, Meh. You're just hating the no, movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm picking characters that I hate because if I don't like the main character or that I don't like the look of the main character from the trailers, or I don't like the kind of story that they're telling with the main character, typically I won't watch the film. So all the films that I watch are typically ones where I like the character, even if they're not a good person because, you know, I'm I'm enjoying what they're doing with the character or what they're doing with the performance. Fortunately, a lot of animated films don't do a lot with the character as the main character. And I think that Gene Meh is no exception to that. <laughs> it's just, it's this typical coming of age kind of story, but it's also like he's an outside emoji who can, he's a meh emoji, but he can also like depict multiple expressions. But that just for me takes the whole purpose away from emojis because in realistically... Yeah, so- that's a problem with the film, what you just said. But it's the main character, Jesse, because I can't can't relate to the character. It takes me out of the. Well, of, of course, life. you don't relate to the character. It's an emoji. <laughs> yes, but TJ Miller is lending his voice for this, right? And my main problem with it is that there's. It's just his character goes like, even though he can do all these expressions or whatever. I could not tell you the kind of journey that his character goes on throughout the film. And in, in fact, it probably was as meh as his character name describes, to be honest. And it's just a film that, you know, obviously the film I have an issue with, but that's a separate thing. His character is someone that I can't track. I can't track it because it's just not, it's it's just, he's he's meh. I know he's he's that emoji, but he he he's just not a character. He's an animated thing with a voice. So, yes, my number two is Gene uh, Meh in the Emoji well, Movie. I'm pretty sure we've got the same number one. I'm pretty sure. I think we do. Interesting. Interesting. Because I know that it's from a film that we both think is overrated, that people love. So I'll go through my, te- my 10 through two, like a quick recap. Number 10 was King Bob. Number nine, Harry Potter. Number eight, Sam Carpenter from Scream. Number seven, Hubie Dubois, Adam Sandler and Hubie Halloween. Number six, Leo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort. Number five is Ben Stiller as Derek Zoolander. Number four, Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy. Number three, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Number two, Vin Diesel as Xander Cage. And my number one is Lieutenant (laughs) Pete Maverick Mitchell from Tony Scott's Top Gun. Not my number one, oh. but an honourable mention, Jesse. An honourable mention. Yeah. And I had to have a Tom Cruise for my business. 
And, you know, I've talked about my hatred of Jerry Maguire before. I went for the more loved character. I went for Maverick. Particularly in the first one, he has matured in the second one. I still didn't really like him. But particularly in the first one, he is arrogant. He has a massive ego. He has a terrible love scene with Kelly McGill that has scarred me for life. <laughs> when the antagonist, Iceman, Val Kilmer, is more likable than the protagonist, Maverick, you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much He has so. a temper. He's irrational. He makes deci- he makes sharp decisions. He thinks that he doesn't think he doesn't think with his head. He only thinks with other areas of his body. And you know he's just he would be a terrible co-pilot. I don't know how Goose puts up with him. You know, like I it just it just infuriates me. And I think that Iceman is such like a more chill guy. And I would love to be friends with Iceman. He seems like a, he's like a chill dude. Maverick yeah. just grinding everyone's gears and interrupting the fun. And trying to flex in beach volleyball and hogging the ball from all the boys. Like, just stop. Like, no one wants you to be there. You only got in because some people got stage fright. Like, can't calm your farm. Literally. Literally. Jesse. <laughs> I think Top Gun's a poor film anyway, but Tom Cruise is easily the worst part about it. So, my oh. number is Maverick from Top Gun. <laughs> wow. Okay. Fair enough, Jesse. That, that would be an honorable mention because I think a lot of my problems with Top Gun come from the protagonist because I had a lot of issues with following the story through this main character. Like you said, Iceman would have been cool. Even, you know, Goose could have been a fun character to to explore, you know, with his family and whatever, like he's got a young kid. Iceman is cool as ice. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's good. That's good. I think that's what the movie It's still good. It's still good. We'll, we'll come back that of yours, Jesse. <laughs> All right, so that's right, my number 10 to 2. And then one. Let's do it. Number 10 is Trey Geldman from Happy Death Day. Number nine, Captain Boomerang from Suicide Squad. Number eight, Icarus from Eternals. Number seven, Corey Cunningham from Halloween Ends. Number six is Dr. Michael Morbius from Morbius. Number five is Hank the Dog from Pause of Fury. Animated one. Animated one. Number four is Jar Jar Binks. Animated two. Number three, is EB. Number from, three, from, from Hop. Number two is Gene May. Number four. Now, don't worry, Jesse. This is not an animated character. Thank goodness. A little bit of my personal prejudice does come in here. I will admit, but I do have a record with this character in a television format, and I think the film adaptation is absolutely terrible. I'm talking about Barry Allen, the Flash, played by oh. Ezra Miller. Because he's, I can go down a whole spiral about, sorry, they, I don't like how they portray the character. Also, there's all that personal drama there with them, that they're, of course, with the Flash movie and DC in general and just. I I reckon the Flash movie looks pretty good. It looks good. I'm admittedly, I will admit, I'm excited (laughs) for the movie, but. At least what we've seen so far, I'm not a fan of what we've got in the performance, particularly more what Whedon's version of Justice League did than Snyder's. Oh, that was fine. That was fine. <laughs> I can't believe this. Flash is more likable than freaking Aquaman, who is the third worst superhero character. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about putting him on. I did think about putting this on when I was Aquaman. Aquaman's on. an oral mention, for sure. <laughs> but... When you have such a good actor 
in Grant Gustin portraying Barry Allen on the television series. That series guided my childhood for the last 10 years. It's wrapping up in about a month or so. And he brought so much life to the character and everything that you would expect from The Flash. You know, they're known in the Justice League as the most innocent, most, you know, heroic, most, you know, obviously Batman is quite dark and Wonder Woman's very slashy with the sword and Superman, you know, is kind of... <laughs> and Aquaman's Aquaman and and you know Cyborg's quite you know he's um quite got a somber mood as well to him. Ezra Miller when they're playing the Flash tries to do this whole socially awkward thing that doesn't work for the character because the Flash isn't meant to be socially awkward. It's just meant to be nerdy or geeky. Not the socially awkward part and I don't think Ezra Miller understands that about the role or really understands the role from the comics or from the television series, which is heavily adapted from the comics. And it just kind of frustrates me because I was most looking forward to seeing Flash put to movie in live action. This is prior to the new movie that's coming out. It has got my excitement back because it's got multiverse. But what I'd seen in Whedon's Justice League, and I, I will admit Snyder's as well, was uh, not how I kind of liked the character. I just I couldn't get behind it. Just basically a Bruce Wayne adopted son kind of format when very much Barry can fend for himself. And yeah, I just I just not a not a fan, but I am open to being swayed in The Flash, which is coming out in June on June 15th, I think, here in Australia. So I'm open to the possibility of change. And Jesse, do you think that he will stick around in Gunn's DC universe? No. No. Ooh. No. Ooh. They're not going to recast Ezra Miller in a film. I don't know, because I heard a rumour that he wants, like Gunn is going to be keeping people like Margot Robbie. and Yeah, who people. haven't, like, kidnapped children. <laughs> True. <laughs> true, 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 true. You might have kept him if it wasn't Ezra Miller, like you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Although the one thing that makes me questionable about that is because they did work together on Peacemaker. Um, the Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa were in the finale for Peacemaker. Um, oh yeah, that's... as like cameos. So I'm like, okay, maybe. And and James Gunn has done nothing but praise Ezra Miller. So I'm like, interesting. But we'll see how we go. So my number one is Ezra Miller as the Flash. Well, James Gunn isn't defending Ezra Miller. No, no. I think, well, he's 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 trying to separate the the art from entertainment, I think. Yeah. No, art from art, whatever the saying is. I always forget that saying. <laughs> um, do you have any HMs before we wrap up? Oh, this is very controversial. But uh, Rose from The Last Jedi? Okay, no, that, that's just on the online... No. no, no, no. I genuinely have an issue with the way her absolutely character. Not. Absolutely no. Rose is a good character who has been connected by a troll that you were born into. No, Rose is a good character. No, I will not accept that. Not accept what? I, I would just not. I'm just not going to accept that. Oof. Okay. All right. All right. I'll come and come and talk to me another time. I mean, feel, be... feel free to go with Finn. Finn is a very acceptable answer. I was one of my own merchants. But... Hey, hey, <laughs> no, no, no. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I've got Finn, obviously Jerry Maguire, um, like uh, Buddy the Elf uh, from Elf. 
and uh and hawkeye so oh all right the knives are out here we go <laughs> if hawkeye was a movie instead of a show hawkeye could have been my list but yeah he's gotten out of this it's kind of useless <laughs> anyway thank you all for listening where uh well, I mean, our Guardians review will be up for this, but this is our first recording since we've had a break. So I'm, I had a great time, Joel, and I hope that you guys have a good time listening to this episode. Um, I will put can, the poll up. Yes, we'll put there. the poll up put on our Instagram up. at Bromo. Yep. Make sure you follow to keep in touch with the new shows and polls. We're also, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast app. We've also still got our merch on Redbubble, which Joel has bought. So you have no link is in our Instagram bio for that one as well. Yes. And I must add the famous Carl Urban, as we previously uh, mentioned, has seen the merch. So it's real. Friend, friend of the show, Carl Urban, has, friend has, of the show, Carl. has seen the merch with his two eyes. Yes. And, yes. you know, we're very proud. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have to ask him if we can... We can have him as the face of our merch page. <laughs> yeah, Carl Urban can model some merch for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, well, thanks for joining us today, guys. I'm Joel. Yes, Steve. And we'll catch you next time. See you later. Peace.